Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Hopefully Sean didn't see that, but hey, welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. <sighs> I'm Will Washington, and I am joined by News Dude, it's Sean Ross Sapp. Welcome back to Day it's After me. Dynamite, Sean. It's me. I'm here. Are I'm you here. ready to recklessly speculate today? Because uh, no. that's all that's good. No, I'm not. I wake up. I wake up to an absolute duty storm. I'm not going to curse in the first five minutes of the show and get demonetized. But, you know, here I am putting out some embargoed WWE news at 7 a.m. And I think, ah, all right, cool. That'll be the big news of the morning. <clears throat> no, you got Okada and Omega teaming up. You got this Bucks thing. And it. let me, let me just tell you, we're right on the Bucks thing. But um, I so just uh, a little bit on that. Um, sure. So you watch Being the Elite, of course. Haven't over the last month, actually, since I got sick. Oh, because I feel like, granted, while your story had a lot more detail, that was something they did kind of casually drop in Being the Is Elite. It? it was just like, uh, there's a bit, I think it was like three weeks ago. And correct me if I'm wrong, chat. But Christopher Daniel shows up, and like Matt Jackson is like, so I know we're in the middle of like negotiating our contracts right now, but and then they like move on to something else. But that was something that they just kind of casually dropped a few weeks ago with Daniels on being the elite. I felt like so when I saw there's a counter to that story, I thought I feel like somebody would have at least pulled that little detail out. 
Well, uh, I don't watch the product since I almost <laughs> died. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to catch up on it. I just haven't had the time to. This weekend, actually, I'm hoping to catch up on Being the Elite. But uh, since I got COVID, I have not watched Being the Elite at all. I've been so behind because the week of COVID, I was supposed to get all those WrestleCade interviews done and edited and transcribed and up. Uh, and that just didn't happen. But yeah, I was told that not only are the Young Bucks in and I think Dave said that AEW contacted them. I've told that they've been in discussions and it was from people very, very close as well. But uh, I also had very good sources that swear up and down. Like, yeah, they, they did do a little poke ski to WWE last year as well. But uh, th there are so many like conflicting sources on that. On one hand, quite honestly, my most accurate source that maybe I've ever had told me that that happened and then like the person who they likely would have reached out to was like mm, i don't think it happened and i, I assumed well if it, if it happened i figured it'd be through you or through this person or through that person i guess we'll see but um also get well soon to rosario who broke his oh leg. yeah uh, so i saw that in person of course um because i was there it looks so much worse on Dark Elevation than it did watching it in person. Like, I, I knew he got hurt. You could see the spot where, of course, he um, he drops down, and then Buddy just goes for the pin. Uh, and immediately, that told me, okay, something went wrong there because uh, Buddy was clearly supposed to do something. He wouldn't have just tagged in for a pin. And then, of course, he when everybody, or when he's being taken to the back, he comes right by me and I can hear him in pain. Uh, but seeing it there, I'm just saying, if you're squeamish and you haven't seen Dark Elevation, um, maybe don't because it's definitely a SID level injury. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just avoid. That's it. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. He's a, he's a great dude too. He's has great. a bright future, yeah. but this, this is such a bummer. Such a yeah. bummer. And that was, of course, because um, the chat's reminding me, they're saying I was right about that because that was how they did the introduction of the Buck stand-ins bit on Being the Elite was where they said, hey, we're in the middle of renegotiating our contracts, but one of the things we want is stand-ins for the Young Bucks. That was it. That was the bit. So uh, it is indeed true that that did happen. That was just a casual thing they dropped. They wouldn't have said that for no reason. Uh, so just think about that. But either way. Day after Dynamite. Dynamite took place last night at the Climate Pledge Arena, Seattle, Washington, former home of the Seattle Supersonics. And uh, great turnout, by the way. This was, I think, just a thousand people short of the last time WWE was in that very arena, which I'm pretty sure was back in September. Uh, and yeah, great turnout there, though. Um, and by the way, want to let everybody know, Super Chats. Let's get that out of the way first before I get into the details. Send us your Super Chats. Send us your Humper Chats. Super Chats uh, help support what we do. Humper Chats. Humperchats.com is the way to send us a Humper Chat. And uh, you can send those pretty much anytime you want. Um, make sure you're kind of identifying what show they're for, which uh, we actually got one that actually does. So I appreciate that. Because uh, sometimes I'll read super chats or hover chats that came for other shows. Yeah, 
It's so yeah. <laughs> helpful to identify what show you're sending those for because you can send those at any time. But again, youtube.com slash Fightful for sending super chats. We got a super chat here from Tim Gordon. It says, was there last night? Crowd was super hot and I lost my voice several times. I think that's the thing that's going to be consistent that's talked about as far as this crowd is concerned. Is It was super hot pretty much the entire time. Quite hot. Um, off the charts. And uh, to be as... Uh, Full as it seemed, uh, at least on camera, and to be that loud too, uh, that that just felt special. Van Twinblade says, "OMG, it's Dirt Sheet Boy and Swerve's cousin." Uh, I heard, I heard you're both of those things based on when I watched Dynamite of late. <laughs> Look, I I don't know what that even means. Am I Swerve's uh, cousin now? Yeah, That's apparently so. <laughs> I'm gonna get uh, some see. face tattoos. Marius says, uh, what about originals versus outsiders? Britt, Jamie, Sheeta versus Soraya, Tony, Mercedes, Monet. Hello from Romania. Thank you. Um, and, you know, that's actually not a terrible idea. If, if you want to do blood and guts, having Britt, Jamie, Soraya, Mercedes, Monet all involved... You've got Sheeta. I mean, you are going to have all corners of the world interested in this match, especially people who don't, who wouldn't usually watch AEW are going to be interested in this match. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. It does seem like for a little while there, that's been kind of a story that's brewing. And the fact that Sheeta was kind of placed on the opposite side of, you know, she she does. She'd have a reason to feel on the opposing side of Soraya right now, when Soraya could have gone with an, the AEW original, somebody who performed at Double or Nothing, a show that I just recently watched, by the way, for the dumbest reason imaginable. Um, it was really because of... Uh, I was trying to figure out, because do you remember when Sasha tweeted about... Uh, she just tweeted, I love wrestling. And it was, it was after a match at Double or Nothing had ended. Yes. But I couldn't remember what the match was. And so I pulled up her tweet, then pulled up the original Double or Nothing to match up the times on it. And it was right after SCU versus Stronghearts ended, which I thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a random match. But I mean, in hindsight, it's a random match. At the time, that was the first official AEW match, not on a kickoff show. Um, so. It made they get, sense. They got that, OWE the hell up out of here, didn't they? <laughs> yes, like they that, did. that thing is not existing anymore. <laughs> not at all. Long gone. I, that's why it feels so random. Because like at the time, it was something they were even talking up on commentary. They're like, "Hey, you're going to see uh, influence from other promotions from other countries." And here's an example right here: the talent from OWE, and not here anymore. And then I was like, "While well, I'm here, I'm just going to watch the rest of Double or Nothing." And I just left it on and went on about my day. Uh, and the funny thing was, the reason, this is like I said, dumbest reason imaginable of why I kept watching was because my brain went, I wonder how many like entrance themes are still in use today, which, uh, and like I said, she, the reason I got there is because she does is, but either way, she would be somebody on the other side. She was at the first double or nothing. She is an original. And for the amount of talent that's come <laughs> in since, uh, she would have a reason to feel slighted by the influx of new talent it's actually yeah. not a bad story at all the problem is how do you position those originals as heels when uh that's also a mentality the fans have as well so one of the things i've liked most about AEW is the ability to like choose your own adventure with stuff like that mm -hmm. 
because you got people that will still do it. Moxley and Hangman, who's the heel? <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, man. If you need your hand held while watching a wrestling show, you maybe should watch a different wrestling show. Because one of the reasons that I wanted to watch AEW in the first place was because my intelligence was being insulted on Mondays and Fridays at that point. Like, heavily. Heavily. Whenever anything made sense, I would be beat over the head with the fact that it made sense. Like, look what we're doing! It's logical for once! Now, <laughs> you can you can look at it and you can go, okay, well, whose side do I fall on here? Do I fall on Moxley's side, who's just doing his job? Or do I fall on Hangman's side, who is is rightfully embarrassed, pissed, etc.? You can do that with these women as well. You can say, well, I've already got an emotional investment in these women because I've watched them for years on this other show and know a lot about them. I've got an emotional investment in these women because they helped build this from the ground up. And we know what Britt Baker, whether you like her or not, has been through because we saw it all unfold in front of our faces. We saw Sheeta with a pandemic title reign where she didn't get to wrestle in front of anybody except for those same 12 dorks that live in Jacksonville. You know who you are. <laughs> but I think that there are great ways that you can do that, and and I don't think you need to have babyface heel, babyface heel. Let them Let them express their own emotions and let people decide and get one of those cool double reactions oh yeah as long as people care that's what's important and i think you absolutely make them care and oh man it would be really cool to see like rosa pop up and her and brit just have to look at each other the whole time and work <laughs> together yeah and hate I mean, her oh i mean that's that kind of goes back to the idea of like survivor series teams with purpose right where like they have to team up and you have reason behind wanting to get behind the team ju besides just the fact that, oh, they represent yep. this, represent that. It's like, no, they represent this cause, they represent this cause. And uh, at the end of the day, who is better between the two? I actually do like that. I would love it if Jamie was like so fixated on winning this match that she's like, if our team wins, everybody's getting a title shot. Like, <laughs> bring bring all of them. That, like, I think Survivor Series 04 for as horrible of a time period as that was like the the gm for a week stipulation mm -hmm. man there are a few things i love more than a good survivor series or or team match like that with gigantic stakes and uh ah, women's women's blood or guts would be a nice blood and guts would be a nice transition yeah i agree I also would like to see blood or guts where you choose. Uh, let's see. Pablo <laughs> says, for dad, it says, great dynamite to start the year. Swerve and AR Fox was a banger. Loved how they used the refs on this show. Rick Knox uh, also refed Killshot versus Fox and Lucha Underground. Aubrey from Seattle got to be the hometown hero restarting the tag title match. Yeah, I mean, they gave Aubrey a moment. It felt like everybody from Seattle. It's weird that AEW actually not having so many of their stars in like not having Kenny uh, Bucks on vacation. You had, uh, um, you also had FTR out and to not have them at this show, but at the same time, doesn't really matter because in Seattle's case, there's enough Seattle talent to really play to this crowd, including a referee famously from Seattle that they were able to get over in that regard. Yeah. I, I did like that. Uh, Rick Knox was the uh, referee for this match. I had seen um, the very 
uh, rundown that um, Sean had also seen. And when I saw Rick Knox was the ref, my first thought before I realized the Lucha Underground connection was, that can't be right. Because you'll never see, uh, I guess, inside baseball, but you'll never see Swerve work a match where Stefan Smith is not the referee. Um, a lot of vets get to pick their refs, and uh, he's actually kind of a vet there. Um, and that that's his go-to ref. So when I saw a match without Stefan Smith, I thought, that's weird. And then immediately I thought of the imagery of Lucha Underground. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Rick not cool. that match. It's actually a call. Also, Stefan was absolutely being punished for missing that call earlier in the night. Yes. <laughs> Reporting it here on, on <laughs> Fightful's Day After Dynamite, Stefan Smith. They said he was inept. They said, you know what we do with refs who, who can't enforce the rules? We replace them with Rick Knox. <laughs> no nonsense referee, Rick Knox. <laughs> Rick Knox. You're out of here. You're out of here. He doesn't let anything go. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually a pretty cool callback. Uh, but yeah, so again, talking about uh, Seattle. Seattle really did come through. Um, and the show also had its facelift. It's much anticipated facelift. Everything uh, was built up. Uh, it was new look, new year, new dynamite. And same slight theme song they gave us. Sorry, this this kills me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a super chat, but it was too good. It was was too good. I need I need a team to try to distract him with laser pointers. (laughs) That's a BTE skit right there. Like he's just chasing Uh it around the ring. I I miss him on BTE. By the way, he was always good. Uh. And, okay, so talking about the presentation, I know a lot of people felt like, wow, it's too WWE. Pretty much they said that the moment the intro dropped, um, the stage definitely got a a massive upgrade. It's a whole lot of screens, uh, very reminiscent of the old SmackDown Live set. I like that it's screens that are separate pieces and had different video elements like the the big difference i felt like was that it wasn't just one giant video wall it was multiple screens that uh, still kind of gave it its own identity but still felt very sleek very modern it did feel like a multi-billion dollar production the moment the show started up one of the first changes i noticed by the way and uh, we'll talk about uh, Michael Mansuri's um, uh, addition to the show uh, here shortly. But I wonder if this was one of his changes. But did you notice when the show first kicked off, one of the things that WWE does that AEW does differently is they'll open the show with the opening music. And then we'll see Pyro and then do a crowd shot, and then we hear from commentary. AEW's way of doing that has always been, and not always, but they started doing it probably about, I want to say like May of 2020. But it was, they'll do the intro, and then pyro, but commentary will talk over the pyro, and they just kind of get in. And I know that what that's all about. If I know anything about Tony Khan, Tony Khan is all about the seconds on that show. That any second Tony Khan can preserve 
to have more content on this show. He absolutely will do it. I know that's one of the things that some people hate that, you know, a celebration will get cut short, things along those lines. And it's because Tony Khan is all about seconds. One of the funny things is uh, when I had pitched the change to Swerve's entrance back in May uh, to cut it down and add the Who's House to it, one of the things I was told and why that was accepted was, oh, shit, that cuts 13 seconds off the entrance. Let's do yeah. it. And so uh, because, again, 13 seconds off the entrance is 13 seconds added to a match. If Tony Khan can get more match time in, he's going to get as much match time as he can get. And so that's probably one where he probably grimaced and said okay to <laughs> having Excalibur wait to give the introduction on the show <laughs> because I do think it is better to let the pyro sit. It is better to get that establishing shot and then let commentary speak their words. But it felt a little different. It took me a second to even realize that Excalibur wasn't talking until he actually started. And uh, like when I noticed things, I noticed that the hard cam was in a little bit tighter. Like you couldn't see the fans like mm -hmm. on that hard cam side. And I kind of like that, like no disrespect. I'm sure the, the back of their heads all look beautiful, but I, I really dug that. I, I saw a lot of people say they noticed more camera cuts. And I don't know if that's just because we were paying more attention to it or something and looking for it, but uh, I didn't necessarily notice that. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like spastic. It, yeah. I, I, I think people were thinking that that was going to be the case just because there is a new person who came from WWE. Yes. But I don't think people realize the current person, the director of AEW, Tim Walbert, also came from WWE and worked mm -hmm. under, um, uh, what's his name? Um, God, I'm about to say something insulting, but... Uh, yeah, Kevin it. Dunn, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to mention teeth, and I'm like, don't do that. Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes, Kevin Dunn. You just Dunn, did. <laughs> I didn't say what about them. They could be nice teeth. Uh, but anyway, the uh, but yeah, Tim Walbert worked under Kevin Dunn for years. Tim Walbert was with WWE since like WrestleMania nine, I believe. Wow. Um, and he like that's why after um, uh, after Keith Mitchell had the job and Tim Walbert was brought in, like again somebody with a lot of TV experience in in directing. A guy with a lot of teeth came in. <laughs> <laughs> but either way. So I think that's just something people were looking for because ultimately the direction that comes with having those crazy camera cuts, with having the zoom ins, all of that stuff, a lot of that has to do more so with, I'd say, the creative direction they want to go in. You know, that uh, a lot of that, as, as it's been talked about, didn't really come about till The Shield, right? Like, you know, that was a big piece of The Shield coming in was they wanted the show to look more chaotic. And they got kind of addicted to those shots. Way too much. There there was even a spot in the Tony and East Danielson match where I think they could have used cuts when mm -hmm. he had the mounted punches on Danielson. And Danielson didn't really have yeah. anywhere to sell to. And that, that was a big thing when I wrestled. If I was flat on my back, I would tell people, like, well, make sure I have somewhere to sell to. Because otherwise, I like if you're on top of me, I don't have a way to really register mm -hmm. that or do anything. So let me roll over. Let me try to avoid it, anything like that. I ain't sitting here telling Tony Nese how to wrestle. But, hey, you're supposed to protect your talent with your production. And I think that was, to me, that was the only thing I looked at. And I said, that was a miss. But yeah. I, I love the uh, crowd lighting, too. I love it when you can actually see the audience that's there. 
crowd lighting, it reminded me a lot of the first episode of Dynamite, where, uh, you know, if you go back and watch that first episode, it's a very different lighting scenario. AEW, pretty much since, like, 2021, has had this kind of pinkish hue. Um, I can't, like, quite put my finger on why, but it, it, there's always been this kind of, like, pink purplish hue over the screen and maybe people in the chat know what i'm talking about but i didn't feel that this time it felt like the lighting and the the white balance and and things just looked crisper and clearer and it looked like a better production so one one of the things that i actually like that tony khan and roh changed about the former presentation was that instead of a static camera shot on their led boards and their entrance which has become customary and impact as well, you see the crowd. Now, I understand there maybe weren't a lot of people necessarily there for ROH shows, but that was their standard regardless. Like if they would draw a good house at Samstown Live, you wouldn't know if 10 people or 1,000 people were there because you would just see those boards. And I remember I asked uh, BJ Whitmer at the time, why do you all do that? And he said, man, I have asked them the same thing. And they say it's because we spent a lot of money on those boards. And he (laughs) said, he said, you know who else spent a lot of money? The fans that came to see our show, they spent a lot of money too. But like, that was a Sinclair thing. And um, man, the, the impact stuff, like that was, that's one thing I just wish that they would do as well. I mean, even if you're, you're doing the old studio setup where you've only got one side it's a TV show. Let me see that people give a shit and are there. And AEW does good houses, especially the last couple of weeks where they're they're like up on their feet and everything. Dynamite has always seemed to me like it's more of, of an interactive experience than a lot of other wrestling shows. So show me that they're there. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing I hated about Supercard of Honor this year was that I thought – I know they wanted to go for the more traditional Ring of Honor look because it was uh, it was still traditionally booked as Ring of Honor. Tony Khan kind of took it over while the that was happening. But at yeah. the same time, it was the Curtis Caldwell Center. It's a venue that AEW has run the second most amount of times. Like, he knew that venue. I would have personally moved all of those people to one side and then just filmed that side honestly um because it was a hot atmosphere there were so many people there when i watched it back on tv you can hear it but you don't see it as much as you would have had you had that crowd in there and uh our media seats were very bad and it wasn't a a them thing so i just got up and walked (laughs) we did uh, media seats were sit wherever the fuck you want yes that's what they were so i got up and left and went dead center and just sat there and watched it. And I was sitting there talking to AWPR throughout the, the whole show. Um, but yeah, it was a very different experience there. And I think they're, they're learning a little bit more of how to scale buildings for that. And I'm excited to see ROH TV. I know they got another uh, Universal date coming up soon, but I don't know when the hell they're, they're filming ROH. It would make a lot of sense to do it there. But That's honestly what I would do. Uh, but I feel like... You know what the universal tapings need? I watch a lot of of wrestling content, folks. I do watch Dark, especially when there's matches I want to see. I know it's a thing people make fun of NXT for. But I get why it's done. Because NXT is in a studio setting. And uh, they don't have the, the live crowd atmosphere. I think... The Universal Tapings need. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. An audience coordinator. Um, and I think they need kind of that same thing that NXT has, which is somebody standing off to the side going, hey, everybody, stand up and cheer. Come on, clap for your favorites. Let's go. Again, it's a thing people make fun of NXT for, but you have to understand that in that small kind of environment, that's a thing that you kind of need. Uh, and I think in that intimate setting, you have enough people there at those universal tapings that could make some noise. And I feel like they need people off to the side kind of encouraging it more like, hey, get up. I know you think you're just like in a room here. And so you think you just have to sit here and watch quietly, but don't do that. Uh, like, I, I honestly hire the guy from um, the old Impacts who used to spin the towels. Oh, yeah. Like, get, just have him off to the side, just like spinning his towels and be like, hey, everybody stand up. Hey, we got more Super <laughs> Chats. Uh, we got. <laughs> Is that a direct quote? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, Persephone says, uh, Steve Mielhausen reported that Mercedes has signed with AEW. Considering that you have backed him up in the past, do you think there's some truth to it? I don't recall him saying that, uh, she signed. Um, let me, let me look and specifically what he said. Oh, Steve, yeah. Steve has worked with Fightful in the past. I mean, he did mm -hmm. the coverage of the Colt Cabana CM Punk lawsuit, uh, all that stuff for us, but I'm going to specifically see yeah. his tweet. He does say, um, Mercedes, our sources say Mercedes will be Soraya's partner next week and Dynamite against Britt and Jamie Hayter. Couldn't announce or make a major hint due to her still being under contract till WWE till the beginning of 2023. Now, I just want to say, like, I like Steve. I respect him. I did have someone very, 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 very high up in AEW that's like, we have not been told this as of yet. And they're straight up saying that. They're, and, and they even say, not saying it is, not saying it isn't, but we haven't been told. So I'd be shocked if anybody else had been told. Um, there's, I mean, there's an awful lot to unpack there about the Mercedes thing and who, what possibly could it be? Um, yeah. And I, I guess this is the point in the show to talk about that. Sure. Yes, it is. Um, now, again, like I said, that's why I didn't want to put those words in Steve's mouth. Cause I saw somebody else put those there saying uh, Steve said he, that she signed. People Nothing do that, that to us said. all the time. Yeah, all no the time. 
Nothing in that tweet said she signed. The tweet said that she would be Soraya's partner. And uh, I, I feel like that's an important distinction to make at this juncture. So, of course, God, I feel like I need a graphic. Mercedes Watch 2023. Da, 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 come across the screen. Give me fancy graphics. If anybody out there wants to make that for us, please do. That would you got some actually... fancy graphics to make. What are you talking? You <laughs> I got know. A bunch to make in a week. I know. That's why I'm like, I ain't got time for Mercedes Watch 2023. <laughs> but if you want to make a Mercedes Watch 2023 graphic, I promise you, I will use it. Uh, but here we are. Mercedes Watch 2023 continues. So, earlier today, or I guess more yesterday, depends on how late you were you're talking. But of course, I woke up to it. Woke up to all the tags. Everybody's like, "Hey, Will, did you see Dave Meltzer said this?" And uh, I didn't see, so I was like, "Let me not respond to that until I actually listen to every single thing Dave said on the matter, so that I have a full understanding, a full grasp on." Um, what his belief is on it and why his belief is that. Uh, and I did. I listened to the entire thing. Um, I think I've said publicly, I do subscribe to The Observer. Uh, and I get, I listen to all the radio shows and I read the newsletter every Friday. I'm also a Fightful Select subscriber, but also I work for Fightful. So, sure. but I was beforehand. Sean knows. I got yeah. the little sticker in the mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so as far as what Dave had to say is concerned. So Dave talked about how he is of the belief that she is not the partner. He talked about why he's of that belief and some of the things he stated um, have some validity. Um, he mentioned that he, uh, he, well, okay, where should I start, Sean? Uh, which piece of it should I start with that? I Better you than me is all I can say. <laughs> okay. Not he, trying to get buried on this F4W board. <laughs> all right. All right. He, yeah, I leave that to me, right? Because that, yeah. that has happened. That has happened. Absolutely. It's happened to me a hundred times. But, all right. So he specifically talked about that at this juncture, of course, at the point of needing to sell tickets, um, why would you not be advertising it? Why would you um, not leave it as a mystery? He also talked about there's people in WWE of the belief that Sasha uh, Mercedes Monet, as she officially debuted in New Japan this week, um, that they're of the belief she'll be returning. Now, of course, WWE did finally remove her from the active roster page today. She is now listed under alumni. Uh, people were waiting for that to happen. Uh, I kind of said that, like, if you look historically, as far as how quickly they do that, it's hit or miss. I, I took a screenshot of Adam Cole on AEW TV while he was on the roster, like, at the same time. I have the screens side by side, uh, just as a... They're not that quick with that if they don't necessarily have the necessity to move that quickly on it. So... There's that. Sorry, go ahead, Sean. You look oh, like no, you were going to say something. No, no, okay. absolutely not. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> oh, your mouth fixed like you were about to say something. No, I've got locked jaw right now. Oh, okay. I do. Well, okay, okay, all right. But I wasn't sure if that was just like, I don't know, a Sean-ism. Uh, but 
he also mentioned that he's gotten no word on uh on whether or not it's her and people close to her have said it's not she's reportedly told people it's not and then he also mentioned that he's heard from people in the match that it's not so lot to unpack there um i will say that i'm still at the same point uh sean knows i have a fairly good relationship with aw there's a lot i can ask for there's a lot i can typically ask and get answers on and get answers pretty quickly if i were hypothetically and this is a scenario i gave sean earlier but if i were to hypothetically ask aew hey i heard the rock is coming in can you tell me about that there there is any truth to the rumors that the rock is coming in i would immediately get a what the fuck are you talking about no the rock's not coming in don't report that in any way shape or form um don't even address that as a rumor right like that is they would be very quick to shut that shit down i can tell you guys also if there's an interesting approach that I had mentioned on the the Fightful Select show I did. It was one year to the day of us reporting the CM Punk news. Somebody had asked Tony about that weeks before I reported it. But what they said is, hey, I've heard that CM Punk has signed. Can you dispute that? And Tony goes, WTF? Yeah, I can dispute that. Because he hadn't signed. You have to be right. clever about how you word things sometimes. Oh, as yeah. Well, <laughs> and which I know that you're very conscious of, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah, and so, but that's the thing is, um, usually if I ask and uh, I get no sold, that is usually the, the 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 smoke to the fire for me. If I if I ask about something and it's like I get left on red, and then three days later something else comes up, um, and I do get it answered, and it's like I know you can see that one message above this one, yes. and you didn't respond to that one. Uh, and so that of course is something I have been conscious of this entire time. And this entire time, the response has been no selling. And again, if it was something that they wanted to completely kill, that would be very easy to do. So I'm still thinking about that side of it. And, and I should throw in like for all the people that say, wrestlers working this person working that person i can tell you from experience largely they, they it's not anything like that and i i very rarely deal with that a couple times i have but usually we it's not a thing where they're like oh let me just lie to this person they'll just outright ignore it and then mm-hmm. resume the conversation as if they, <laughs> as if that message didn't get sent oh yeah it, it, I, I imagine it like a scenario where you're talking to somebody in person and they just kind of zone out yeah that's crazy. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> and then just like start talking about something else. Uh, yes. And so, of course, there's a couple of hints in last night's show that don't feel like everything has a whole lot of certainty. Of course, the big one is Britt mentioning that she's the boss, wink, and continuing on. Why tease fans with something if you know you're you're not going to deliver it? I know people. The the funny thing is the example people keep going to is, well, what about Christian Cage? They tease Christian Cage as this big signing. He Guys, learned from it. Well, two things. One, I think that was a case of Tony misreading the room because Tony, like me, big Christian Cage fan. I love Christian Cage. 
I think Christian's like when I think about Christian, I think about his singles runs, and I think of him as a big deal. Of course, a lot of people didn't see him as a big deal. That a lot of people see him as secondary to Edge, and so I think that was more a case of Tony thought that was a big signing. Tony thought that look, this guy was just in the fucking Royal Rumble, and it was a big moment in the Rumble. Just had this hug out moment with Edge. This is a big deal to me that I just got this guy to come over to AEW. He didn't necessarily intentionally oversell that one. I think he thought that that was the right amount of hype for Christian. I think it didn't help that like you had people in the company not trying to bury anybody, but like people of influence that followed Christian on social media and kind of tipped it off and a lot of that. I feel like if it were a true surprise and it hadn't leaked, sorry guys, um, it would have been <laughs> probably received a little bit better too, but mm, th- there's such such an extreme series of circumstances that are so preventable. And I know that Tony reads this stuff and he is very aware of this stuff, but like they announced this a month ahead of time. Oh, more than a month. More than a month ahead of time. And it's five weeks. Yeah. Fightfulselect.com reported that Mercedes tied up her deal with new Japan by the last week of November is what I was told. So it would have been shortly after that that this gets announced. We now know that. It was announced for LA, a major market. It was announced with their biggest homegrown women's star, their current champion, and objectively the biggest women's name in their division, all a part of the match. So if you're teasing a mystery partner, it's got to be on par. That's why I've been saying, Sasha or AJ only ways that it could possibly work for me. It ain't going to be AJ. (laughs) It would be wonderful. I would love that because that would have a whole other set of implications for CM Punk, obviously. Yes. For them to not only wait until after the new year, but to say on a show last week, oh, we're going to try to find out next week when everybody was buzzing about Sasha Banks because Mercedes Monet, because it was revealed that she would be at the Wrestle Kingdom show. To run Britt Baker saying the boss hours after Mercedes Monet appeared for New Japan. Mm. For them to wait until after the new year when Mercedes was contractually available to say that it was Tony instead of saying it weeks and weeks and weeks ago, whatever she popped up and they said, well, she's medically unavailable. So, yeah, I'll say this. My guess is still that (laughs) I still have the, the following stance on this. I agree with everything you said there. All of that preventable. I even think about the fact that, hey, YouTube.com slash Fightful. We had an interview with Tony Khan here. And that very match was asked about. And... His answer, of course, talked about the, you know, alluding to the idea that uh, wouldn't exactly behoove him to reveal anything about that before January. So, my thinking, and I'm not saying anything's changed. Don't quote me that anything has changed because I don't, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that. When this match was made, 
I am at least of the belief that somebody was of the belief that it would be Sasha in this match. Not saying that's changed. I don't believe that's changed. I still believe that uh, the way it was announced is Tony and having Sheeta very visibly upset about that. Again, this is pro wrestling. This is one of the most on-the-nose things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, this doesn't, like, settle in any way. You, Sheeta literally tweets seconds after this, because it was a pre-tape, seconds after it happened, WTF. And then, to make sure that was hammered in, she tweets about it again. They're very much on-the-nose showing Sheeta is upset about this decision of not being chosen to be Soraya's partner. Not even not chosen. Soraya didn't know her name. Soraya <laughs> said, and you. She didn't even call her Ikaru or Shida or anything. Ma'am, nothing. <laughs> you. Yeah. So, uh, again, there's a lot of on the nose storytelling R- happening. Renee here. and Shida looked at the camera like, we thought it was Mercedes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how they looked at it. Like, Shida wasn't even expecting it to be there. Her, she was there for moral support. <laughs> There for moral support and got disrespected along the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like even Soraya's tweet about the whole thing where she said, is anybody 100% certain? And knowing that there are certain people around who have been talking about percentages, again, a lot of people are leaning into it. And so knowing that, I don't think anybody is still knowingly playing into something they don't think is going to happen. That feels irresponsible to me. Let me let me share the the Sheeta tweet from earlier. <laughs> That's her current <laughs> reaction to this situation. So again, feels very on the nose. It feels very like we want you to feel the way Sheeta's feeling about this. We want you to be like, huh, that's a head scratcher. Um, and but Dynamite went off the air with Tony Storm still announced as the partner. I guess my only question is, at this stage, does Rampage go off the air with that? We don't know. And, and I think that would be the good thing. Instead of letting people fester and perhaps get a little pissy in their panties about it, you got a live Rampage Battle of the Belts where that can happen. Um, I... I I don't want to put too much out there, but I mean, you've all, you know what I know too. And it was heavily implied to me, if not outright told, ain't nobody in that match talking to anybody, especially in your line of work, buddy. Uh, one of those. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely uh, know what you know uh, in that regard. Um, and that, that I find interesting. What I always tell people is because everybody thinks this shit is so easy. They think it's so e- What? on earth is jeremy doing <laughs> he forget to turn his camera on before he jumped he in. did uh ultimately uh, what i tell people is we talk to yeah, jeremy what are you doing that was alex's avatar for for his <laughs> nxt it. bit that actually makes us quite a bit of money guys Thanks. i'm sitting between two of the greatest wrestling journalists of our time. Not a journalist. I stayed up to old Kip Sabian because Kip Sabian tried to call me the same thing the other day and I looked straight at him and I was like, nope. Look, journalists have this thing called I, a- accountability and I, I have damn, none of that shit. I goddamn near think that quotation marks are in my name now. Like, I, I'm so sick of this shit. 
I sell wiener pills on the air. <laughs> I'm not reporting about the war. Come on. Can I do my bit? Go ahead. Please. I'm sitting next between the two greatest wrestling journalists, journalists of our time, and Will Washington. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm How are my you? Dip now. I'm eating apples. Ground ball grape. <laughs> That's why the big league chew is good shit right there. I uh, had a banana like right before the show, so I guess there's appeal here. There you go. There you Listen, go. if anybody's following you, throw that shit out the window. You're good to go. <laughs> Just send them skidding off. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, how you doing, Jeremy? I'm I'm very tired. Sean Ross Sapp has me waking up at 1 a.m. to cover Wrestle Kingdom, and then 4 a.m. to cover new year dash because i'm not a fake new japan fan like all these people i'm so excited for wrestle kingdom oh mercedes is gonna be there oh kenny omega and will osprey can't wait Great and match. then where are you on new year dash huh where are you <laughs> and it told you it, it advertises because you're it, fake fans it advertises to you it said literally hey 24 hours from now come back for new year's dash as soon as it ended no fake you know what though I, I, up. I have to say by the way i'm just gonna put this out there if you're mad about it, I don't give a shit. So, um, I hear from a lot of people, man, wouldn't it be great if one day WWE had a relationship, a working relationship with New Japan? Hey, you know, wouldn't you want to see more WWE guys work New Japan, more New Japan guys work WWE? No. And let me tell you why. So, I watched Wrestle Kingdom, watched the entire thing live, watched a lot of New Japan. And a lot of people were watching for the first time. You saw the crew watching for the first time. It's very clear that that product is not for them. There's so many questions that they had that wouldn't be answered, or wouldn't even be asked by anybody not accustomed to a certain way pro wrestling is delivered. And the fact that it was all of it was throwing them off crowd reactions um camera angles just little things along those lines oh who is this person why don't they do video packages before their matches all of this kind of stuff why is it just match 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 and i thought you know what no i don't want to see wwe have a working relationship with new japan simply because i don't want to have to watch people ask these stupid fucking questions every single time it's just a different presentation of pro wrestling it's a different style of pro wrestling and if you're not willing to see it as that, it, it, then it's not for you. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be like a gatekeeping kind of thing. It's okay in a sense of accepting something that's more your taste and either adapting your taste to this or don't watch it. But I feel like trying to merge the two would be a disaster in terms of fan understanding. Well, why are you trying to get yourself in trouble with the board uh, <laughs> and now the crew? Like, what, why did you wake up on 2023 and just decide, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to try to burn everything down at once. Look, I love the crew because the thing is, I love Sasha. But I also have spent a lot of time watching different wrestling products over the years. So, like, I can 
switch my brain to, okay, this is how this product is going to be presented to me. This is how this product is going to be presented to me. I'm not going to hold that other product to how this one is supposed to be. But I don't feel like everybody does that. And I, I think that it would be a mistake to, like, I don't know, thinking about presenting Roman Reigns in New Japan, but in a more New Japan style. I would love that. Are you kidding me? That sounds kind of great, actually. But could you imagine how certain fans would see that and the questions they would ask and what they wouldn't get out of it? They'd be very mad about it. And well, especially if it's a show that's not necessarily working toward the cameras, right? Like, it's not yes. like the wrestlers are, right. are working for the camera. They're not um, kind of hamming up for the audience. It's more just a presentation in the ring, and it's all just being... F I don't feel like they would get it. That's me, personally. Hey, I do want to answer um, Joel Wood here. Uh, Joel, <laughs> what's the percentage, Wool, uh, Wood, says, uh, well, with Sean being on the show, I feel it's only right that I should ask, what's the percentage of a big name leaving AEW for WWE and vice versa this year, excluding maybe Sasha? Um, I think the likelihood of it happening in AEW is significantly higher than it was a year ago, and in WWE, it's significantly lower than it was a year ago because of that regime change. Now WWE can sit there and say, well, first off, you don't got to deal with a guy who's going to forget what match he booked you, in, booked you in last week and books it again, but you're going to have competent booking around you and you're going to make a ton of money. Downside is that schedule, though, and the freedom and, and a lot of the, the restrictions that come with being a WWE performer versus an AEW performer because there are a whole lot of people that I know that like just going to work not even every Wednesday, maybe three Wednesdays a month for a lot of them. That, oh, yeah. Some guys love the, hey, I got to pre-tape my thing for next week, this week, and I, I'm at home because I didn't have a match. And they almost never have to worry about, oh, can I make this indie booking? Well, yeah, because I work Wednesdays and some Fridays. And then the pay-per-view date, WWE, you're not going to take those dates anyway. Um, your signings are limited. There, there's a lot. The, the element of freedom plays a, a big role in this still, even though WDB has went lax on a lot more things. So percentage, mm, I would say big name w, leaving AEW, 50-50. I'd say big name leaving WWE. I'm going to say 25 to 30 right now because 2024 is going to be the year a lot of those deals come up, come up anyway. Yeah. Now, I, I, there's a name that keeps getting tossed around social media, and I will tell you from my belief, just watching the way things are playing out. Um, yeah, I, I see a lot of people bringing up Kenny's name because uh, Kenny's contract, you know, it was pretty public that he signed a deal and didn't have an option in his contract. But I know that there's speculation. I know David speculated over the fact that there's probably some additional time on that deal because of his injury. Um, I don't know that for sure. But I will say this. I don't think that motherfucker is going to WWE in any way. As a matter of fact... I'm looking at the smile on his face from the last two New Japan matches he's had. And if anything, if there's any bug I see him getting, it's going back there more than anything else. I, I guess now is, is a fair time to plug a Fightful Select report that I have later on. And I told Jeremy about it this morning, and I'll tell you about it 
in the private chat will, but I do have news coming to FightfulSelect.com, the best $5 in the business, on a, on a New Japan pro wrestling name that WWE is interested in, and it's not who everybody thinks it is. So, Huh. Oh, shit. And, Oshihashi, let me, baby. Let me you better type this in the, the private in the chat. Pri- All right, here we go. Oriano. <laughs> Oh, could you huh. imagine Yano? <laughs> Yano would be the move right there. That would and, be and hold on, and I'll drop another name. Oh, I didn't know if he's doing this on air or the private chat. I, I know the yeah, it's in the in the private. I've been DM the scoop listen, so I can pre-write. Listen, I've, I've gotta, I've gotta get those subscriptions right. We were sitting <laughs> at eleven thousand when people were getting bitten. We're down to like eighty two hundred now. Donate your five dollars, guys. Not just here on Super Chats, Humber Chats, Fightful Select. We're adding a Japanese wrestling podcast with Scott Edwards now. You get Ask Grapsity every two weeks. Including this week, by the way, coming up here in an hour. Yeah, you should probably like talk about dynamite or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, get there in a sec. I should maybe also post the uh, Ask Grapsity thing on Fightful Select right now. I think Wilkins did. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow, look at him. He's Rob been doing job a lot, man. Lately. I mean, that's because I asked. But <laughs> I was but like, still. hey, Sean's on this show right now. Probably not doing anything. Or oh, probably yeah, not going to do that. So let me ask. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, – that is great, man. I can't believe Okada – sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to, to slip that out there. Uh, hey, you guys have fun talking about Fightful Select. I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'm going back to bed. I'm not working the rest of the day. Bye, everyone. All right. Don't hate. Don't leak that Gato is going to WWE. <laughs> Dude, it's Dick Togo. He's coming back, baby. Dick yes, Kai and Ty coming. You see just four guys? Oh, the listen. greatest stable of all time. Just four guys. Triple Bye. H would love to just book dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, he would. Nonstop on his show. He really yeah. would. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye Jeremy Lombert. Speaking of which... I get messages from people all the time. I see it in comments that say, hey, why do you say Jeremy Lambert when he says Jeremy Lambert? Which one is it? It's It's the one he says. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) But as far as I'm concerned, he is Jeremy Lambert. I thought it was Lambier, like the basketball player. Oh, could be. I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. I think Stephen Colbert and then Lambert pops me every time. Whatever. Uh, Brent says, so the question I've had since yesterday, will Chris Cross be playing Monday to the ring next week? Well, one of them's dead. So they're definitely not going to be live playing. I'm talking about Chris Kelly specifically, not Chris Smith. And I know that because, uh, I mean, I know the difference between my Chris's because I was obsessed with Chris Cross growing up. Anybody who's seen the picture of me with braids, Maybe doesn't know that that's where that comes from. Obsessed, knew all the songs, Did all, every single, all the songs, all of them. I remember I, I missed the bus, word for word. I used to. Not I was gonna say, I was up. He was up, but I laid back down, thinking I could chill till the time came around. But I did. He did, but a little too long. Cause when I woke up, yo, the bus is gone. Anyway, um. It's a great video, too. Did, did they ever have, like, their post-Hammer run, like when he went to Death Row and he had that uh, completely underrated 
stuff that he did there, like pumps in a bump. Like pumps in a bump, yeah. Very good. <laughs> I very know, good. I love pumps in a bump. When I watched uh, the VH1 movie about him, they tried to make it seem like it was like some bad stuff. Hell no, it was great. Did so crisscross like, that run. They had that album in '95, the Young, Rich, and Dangerous okay. album, um, and that one had two singles on it. One of them, "Tonight's the Night," and then it had uh, "Live and Die for Hip Hop." Oh, the the raw theme. I, uh, so "Live and Die for Hip Hop" is one. Of, it took me a second because I'm like, "What raw theme?" Oh yeah, the "Tonight is the Night." But yeah, so um, "Live and Die for Hip Hop." Swear to you, one of my favorite songs of all time. Crisscross featuring the Brat, Jermaine Dupri, Aaliyah, and that one guy who I don't even know who he was, but he has the that verse that comes after Chris Smith's excellent song. I thought growing up crisscross, I was like, I am ready for this. Look at them. They got facial hair. This is going to be cool. And they didn't do nothing after that. They had their little reunion in 2013 and then Chris Kelly died. And like uh, true story. When I first got into making music, they were the first people I reached out to when I was like, no, if I can get a song with like a major feature, I want it to be crisscross, and That's I actually cool. I sought out Chris Smith's email. Um, I had like a brief exchange with him, um, and then he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to go through these people because we're still technically signed to this label." And I never got the ball rolling on that. And of course, Chris Damn. Kelly died. But I would have loved to have done a song, even if it was years later, with crisscross. Justice says, "Could Rosa come back in time to cut a you people promo and join Brit?" Uh, well, I mean, in time for what? I mean, she's. They don't need the partner, but yeah, I think that she could, but man, they really don't like each other. And for a long time, I had people say, oh, why, why didn't you report that they didn't like each other? Because they still work together. They weren't cutting promos saying, oh, I'm not going to work with you and eating muffins and then throwing chairs at one another. They just didn't like each other, but continued to work with one another because they knew what, what the money was. Mm-hmm. Coffee with Collins says, hi, lost my voice last night. How do you both like the new set? Lighting better. Uh, it was loud AF. Felt more cramped than a WWE show crowd-wise. Uh, I mean, I love the set. I think the more money you pump into a product, uh, the more high-end it looks. To me, the better. I know people are like, well, I like the gritty look of AEW. Um, and I did, too. But because uh, I'm not one person to feel like, look, WWE owns the rights on LED boards. Like that's, yes. th- it's what's on the LED boards that kind of matters. And I still feel like its identity was still very AEW. Uh, I, Brent- I love the look, and I love the look one just because it's nice. But like three, four months ago, when I had our graphics team cook up our new AEW graphics, I didn't want black and gold anymore. I wanted just something a little different, and it ended up being the exact color scheme that AEW ended up using. So I was very happy with that because now it all looks like it goes together. So I'm very, very thrilled about that. I love the lighting. Uh, The crowd's been great because that's one of the benefits of starving a complete, like not, not just a market, the entire side of the country uh, besides Vegas uh, is that you're going to get really rabid crowds. Yeah. And Seattle had been itching to have, that lineup and the interesting thing was i loved how the show it almost like layered things in terms of everybody's proximity to uh, to seattle and that like yeah brian's you know from washington but he's from aberdeen washington so he's like on the bottom and then you have swerve who's from tacoma washington and then the guy from seattle darby gets the main event he gets the victory he gets the big celebration because he is mr 
Seattle as far as AEW is concerned. Uh, we have a, a Humper chat here. This one comes from Rerun. It says, I think these West Coast shows are going to be very loud. Darby winning was a nice surprise. AR Fox always impresses, hoping he stays in the top flight orbit for trios. I think that's supposed to be the case. Uh, and, you know, I talked on Grapsity this week about the fact that the match with AR Fox wasn't even supposed to happen. So it was supposed yeah. to get... Um, he was supposed to have the match with Yuta, but because last week's Rampage was missing people, as reported on Fightful Select, uh, that pretty much created this little domino effect where the pre-tape that Swerve and Yuta did was supposed to be a challenge for next week's Dynamite, and instead it turned into a challenge for, why don't I face you on Rampage? They got the main event of Rampage, Swerve got to kill it. But then you look at who could he possibly face? And I love that they collectively came up with the genius idea of, well, let's instead run back one of Swerve's biggest rivals from his from his pre WWE career, uh, and kill shot AR Fox, Dante Fox at the time, uh, and they got to rerun that match in Seattle in front of Swerve's hometown. Swerve, of course, had a remix of his theme song. Um, I wish somebody had asked me for the whose house worse house. I could have given him a cleaner cut of that because they just cut it off of the <laughs> version that I made. Uh, but I have it without the 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 lead into the music. Um, and then Ar Fox had new theme music. He got to debut a new song by Josiah Williams. I thought that was great. This is not W or AEW related, but uh, Wall Street Journal reported that Vince plans to return to wwe to pursue a sale of the company so i mean like that the thing is that wouldn't be like him returning create creatively that'd be him trying to get rid of the damn company like yeah so uh i mean the the reality of these situations are that there are people in WWE that don't want the these specific things to happen, which is why this gets leaked to Wall Street Journal yes. uh, repeatedly, because Vince <laughs> is like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or I'm not going to do this. And they're like, well, let's see about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it is not a coincidence that the initial story that Vince wanted to return came out at the yes. same time as new allegations um that those definitely went hand in hand uh who vince returning um so yeah it doesn't say creatively but at the same time i i i can't see him letting that's why i'm still at like 50 50 on whether or not he does return in that capacity because i'll tell you i can't see him letting this wrestlemania out of his own hands that sure. Like, it's a thing he knows more than anything else. Uh, let's see. We have another super chat. This one is from uh, Brent Lockman. It says, so Warner can't actually keep a show called Dana White's Power Slap now, right? So three-hour dynamite, perhaps. I mean, that'd require a new TV deal. That, uh, that's that's part of not happening. That part's not happening um, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but... I did kind of get a little heads up on Dynamite overruns. That was something I had asked about because uh, two weeks ago, Dynamite had an overrun of a minute. And so I decided to inquire about what constitutes an overrun. What exactly uh, 
determines whether or not they get one. And it is simply a case of them making the phone call as a, hey, we're running long today and whether or not TBS can accommodate. And TBS's accommodations are all based on what programming they have in the lineup that would be affected by a 60 second overrun. Because typically if you have uh, rerun type content, just syndicated content, what you can do is adjust the playback speed on those until it's all caught up to a minute. And people have noticed that when like American Dad will start up, but they're like, isn't the theme song a little fast? Yeah, that's actually uh, a catch up method that is used in television to uh, keep the shows running the way they're supposed to. But otherwise, if TBS has something like live that cannot be affected, no, they don't get it overrun. But uh, for the most part, they're fairly accommodating if necessary. But I guess that's one of those things they try not to ask too much about or tried not to ask too much for. But in the case of two weeks ago, the show did run 60 seconds long because they needed 60 extra seconds for that ending. And they weren't quite there yet. But a call to TBS will do it. That's fascinating to me because, I mean, like WWE hasn't had overruns for a long time. And it, on SmackDown, like, they got to get out a couple minutes early oh, yeah. for local news. Like, they're they're out by, like, 9.57, 9.58. Uh-huh. It's pretty wild because I remember <laughs> WWE, used, USA was like, whatever you all want, guys. <laughs> whatever. Yes. We ain't paying you any extra for it. So there you go. Yep, and it is a case of just, like, the TBS control room. they got to make the phone call that's like, hey, we need some extra time. Can we get 60 extra seconds? And TBS – because TBS is going to cut them off no matter what. If they're not ready at that mark, they're gone. And so it is get out to the TBS control room. They have to know exactly what time they're off, and usually they'll accommodate as long as there's no live content that would be affected by it. So that was a cool thing. I just decided to ask because I'm like – it's so random when AEW does have an overrun. There doesn't seem to be any consistency to it. So what's the deal? And that's the deal. Uh, EVP of Talent Relations and Head of Creative says, I'd like AEW to have Rick Ross be a commissioner. Sure. <laughs> Why, Why not? not? <laughs> I would like for him to just come out and announce random matches. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man meet Rana. Didn't really send much of anything. And uh, Van Twinblade says, Joe to GCW to Nuke, Nick Wayne, book it, Tony slash Brett. Uh, Joel uh, says, WCW even had audience coordinators for WCW Saturday Night. They would hold up signs telling fans to cheer or boo. Like I said, it's not a bad idea for studio wrestling. I think if you're doing it in a studio, you have to have um, some kind of indicator because I personally feel like if I'm in a room with people, I'm less likely to be loud than if I'm in a stadium. Like in a stadium, that you're conditioned to be loud. But in a studio, you're kind of conditioned to, okay, like we, we talk in, in normal room voices. We don't scream our heads off. So I feel like there needs to be somebody encouraging it. Uh, Coffee with Colin says, lots of Sasha fans join New Japan and bought Wrestle Kingdom 17. Do you think those same casuals will still translate less than a week out with the Tony Shida angle? I mean, if they, if for some reason it, uh, it's given hope that it will be Mercedes again, then yeah, I think that it will get some sort of, uh, some sort of crossover. I think we'll get some sort of a bump for that, but uh, they, I really hope they get on this on Rampage or Battle of the Belts. 
uh, NBA Mix Doc says, Will has spoken a lot about expectation management in the past few weeks. That is a term I've used a lot. Uh, I think that TK did way too little too late of that if it's not Mercedes. Agreed. We uh, This is the same thing Sean said. Sean talked about the fact that there's a lot of there are a lot of preventable things here that if it were Tony Storm, and it's not a knock on Tony Storm. I was a big fan of Tony Storm's title reign. I think Tony Storm's great. But I do think that if it was always going to be Tony Storm, look, AEW barely announces matches the week before, let alone a month in advance. If they knew it was going to be Tony Storm, I don't think it would have been back then. Uh, I don't think they would have announced the match. I don't think it, that would have been the case at all. Uh, and again, getting ahead of things and setting expectations. Something tells me we're still waiting here. That's that's just my gut feeling. I And again, if I'm wrong, I will be the first to delete my Twitter account. No, I'm kidding. I will be the <laughs> first to <laughs> admit it. No, I would absolutely disappear from the internet. Like, hey, why did you listen to me? I don't know any fucking thing. Um, Now, I I would be the first to admit it, but I just feel like something's up. I don't know what it is. Um, And I've said straight up, I don't know. But my gut feeling, my percentage, the reason I said that percentage yesterday, I gave 100 fucking percent because, (laughs) God, man, like, at this stage... It would be a colossal fuck up to do anything else. It'd be promotional malpractice. Yes. It would it would be something that from over from the moment it was announced, mystery partner, tons of people said it's gotta be her or else it's wrong. The locker room was saying yes. that. Not saying that they knew, but more like, oh shit, is this Sasha? Are we getting Sasha? I don't know. I think we're getting Sasha. Locker room's been saying it. A lot of people in the company feel it. Like, no, we don't know, but um, I talked to somebody Monday who said, man, would that be cool if she were here? That would do a lot for a lot of things around yeah. here. Uh, let's see. Joel also says, is it possible Tony and Mercedes just haven't agreed to terms yet? We've known Tony to take verbal commitments and not sign or not have the person sign until the day of the show. That's actually how things go most of the time. Uh, that CM Punk wasn't signed until the day of the first dance. Brian Danielson said he didn't even meet Tony Khan until All Out. And uh, so that is actually how things go most times. Willow Nightingale was signed to her full-time deal, as she revealed on, on Grapsity, the day that it was announced. Like we yes. And you and I had, had personally worked a lot to be like, is it is it happening? Is she signed? Like for Because she had the merch out and all that, and I had... Found out she was under a deal, but not the deal until that day. And then I was like, what, today? It got, there was, and I even held off because I was like, there's no way it was just today. Yeah. And it was. And that's what she said. And the thing is, it could very well be that that's the case. It could very well be that maybe there was a verbal agreement in December and, they can't come to terms. And so it's like, oh, shit, now it's Tony Storm. Not saying that's the case. I don't think that's the case. But I could see that being a possibility, too. But I am saying that my gut feeling is this match was not booked without at least thinking it was at the time. It couldn't have been. Again, yeah. promotional malpractice, as as Sean said. that That is suicide for a brand thinking that 
knowing what people are expecting and not managing those expectations. I don't, I think literally Tony Khan said in the interview that he's, he's not in the business of doing that. And I don't, he's way too aware. There's no way that I could, there have been times where I've reached out about something and Tony wasn't aware. This can't be one of those things. Literally, if you open the, his trending tab on Twitter probably has Sasha, Mercedes, Monet, AEW, New Japan, and nothing else. Yep. Not a chance. Also, I wanted to go back to this. Somebody asked about the Dana White power slap league thing. I'm I'm glad, first off, that they, they shit canned that because imagine if that show, Dynamite, goes off the air with Mercedes Monet in the one of the biggest women's wrestling moments in AEW history and immediately goes to, here's a slap fight league from a guy who was videoed slapping his wife last week. Keep in mind... They won't let the Briscoes on on their TV show. So if if they would have let that go for, for what, some curiosity views, good good job. Good job. Glad that they, they shit-canned that, or at least it appears they did. Yes. Uh, and I will I, – I, that's the thing I wanted to tell my wife. God, she just came down here, and she was like, didn't you have something you wanted to tell me? And I was like, God, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it's that that show got shit-canned. I got to remember that. Um, right before she leaves me for four days, five days – the next five days, she's not coming back till Monday. I'm gonna be sitting at home by myself. Uh, WDB stock shot up after after hours from seventy two to eighty one dollars because you know there's a word of a sale <laughs> now. So there you go. Wonder how I, my portfolio's I, looking now. I would as offload that if I were you guys. Because <laughs> uh, once people get smartened up, uh, I would imagine that's gonna go down significantly. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. I might be busy tomorrow morning. We'll yep. just say that. <laughs> but either way, Miss CJ Lilly says, Hi, SRS. Off topic. But first chance to ask uh, this. Is there any real heat between Alexa Bliss and Bianca over Bianca getting stitches for that little scratch from Monday? Or is this Twitter feud a work? Um, no, I think it's probably all a work. Maybe there's a little bit of underlying meh type of thing there, but I don't think that, 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 that they, I mean, they got to coexist in an active storyline right now. I think they're going to be fine. I mean, I think Alexa is better at navigating social media than people get her, give her credit for, but uh, I'm not. So I'm going to bury this person right here saying, LOL, they already announced someone and you guys are still saying malpractice. You cannot be this ridiculous. We outlined it all. Announced five weeks ahead of time. The week after her New Japan deal was sealed. They kept pushing it after news of her going to New Japan was out there. They said, we're going to find out this week. Oh, you know, three days after she was able to actually work. Britt goes, Brit goes, I'm the boss. Come on. <laughs> you cannot be... These are the people that go, who's the heel <laughs> right here? Come on. All due respect. Who's the baby face? I don't know. Mike Priestley says, uh, worth wondering if Mercedes joins Brit's side. I mean, hey, she is working heel New Japan. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, though, um, because I've also seen people ask the question, like, what if she's still the partner? Why would she work... Um, AEW as her first match having dropped into New Japan first. And my immediate thought 
was one John Moxley, who did the opposite of that, right? John Moxley made his big debut, Double or Nothing 2019. But his first match was Juice Robinson in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So there are people who work both, who have had moments in both, having first moment here, but first match here. It's done. It's been done. And I, I don't know. Brent Lockman says, I am here for the oncoming Sheeta Storm. <laughs> Juan I can't says, wait to see her as a heel, legitimately. <laughs> hey, Will and Sean and Jeremy, do you think that Mercedes Monet will have the All Elite graphic or is she on a per appearance contract? That. I think, I, oh, go ahead. You I give what she, you think. I think she'd be on a per appearance contract, but I think she'd still get it. Um, Jake Atlas got one and he wasn't signed full time. Uh, I think I could see either one. I don't know. I don't, that part I don't know. The The part that I'm certain of is that she was, that this match was booked with her in mind. No question. I don't, I can't see any other way to have possibly, um, unless I've completely lost any faith in anybody putting these matches together, anybody booking this. That's all I'll say. Yes. Uh, and the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hey, I do one of those. A few of those, actually. Uh, Will, about Mario Kart, <laughs> the highway after this. Tell I'm you, ready for it. I'm ready for ready it. Ready for it. It's all I did, by the way. I bought all the new Mario Kart tracks. Um, I got, I think there's like 24 of them. Bought all of those for Christmas for my kids. I've probably played them more than they have. Mr. C.J. Lilly says, if it is Mercedes, who says it's boss time if they do? And here's the swerve. Could it be Mandy? Nah, this was booked before Mandy was released. Um, That would contextually, I guess, kind of make sense with the ties between Mandy and Soraya. Don't think it is. Also, does Omega's eye affect the last trios match next week? No, he just worked a match yesterday. Yeah, I think he'll be fine for that. But uh, I I heard that came from the, the cheeky Nando's kick. Ah. Uh, and again, Mr. CJ Lilly says, feel slightly gatekeeper like this, Will. Uh, you don't like the Bray stuff, but I'll never tell someone not to watch it, especially if you want the brand to grow. Um, again, not trying to be gatekeepy in that regard. More so, because again, yes, watch the product. But also, I think it is important to accept what the product is versus trying to watch it for what it's not. That's the important part. Watch whatever you want. Um, And I believe more fans to anything is better. But I think trying to hold any product to the standards of another product you like, that's a mistake. Uh, And that's what I want to see less of. Yeah. The, the, let's see, Jeremy is the GOAT from the Pro Mm. Wrestling Podcast. Mm -mm. Let's see. Kanemaru at the Royal Rumble. Let's fucking go. That ain't happening. (laughs) Do you think we see any Forbidden Door people at the Rumble, Sean Rossap? I think it's possible. Rocky Romero told me uh, as of last week that he didn't know of them asking for anything in return for letting Carl Anderson work uh, Wrestle Kingdom. But he said, you know, if, if they did, we would have to at least look at it and and explore it. Right. And that was the thing I was pointing out was that presentationally, 
Carl Anderson was not necessarily addressed as a WWE talent. Like, of course, it's going to be brought up on commentary because that's like if, if you've never heard New Japan commentary before, they don't give a fuck about oh the things only exist in this universe nah they are just straight up like look the entire wrestling landscape exists and we talk about the shit but presentationally there was no wwe on his graphic he was definitely not there as a representative of wwe the way you had kenny omega's graphics at aew ftr's graphics at aew that was not the case with carl anderson yep yeah um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm still processing this Vince bullshit right now. Honestly, <laughs> Sean is. Remember how we just talked about? You know, you're having the conversation, but they're just kind of like zoned out. They're just that was me. Yeah, that, that was that, me. That that, that Sean. Uh, Ryan says, if Mercedes signs with AEW, would it be a full time deal? Oh, you just answered that. Um, and I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Um. And want to make sure I get through all of these. As far as Dynamite's concerned, obviously we're going to kind of just speed through the things that happened sure. on the show. Because really quick, we had uh, opening match, saw Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Phenomenal uh, in the sense that the crowd was into this every second. I was slightly annoyed at the crowd chanting for Aubrey Edwards, um, mainly because it's uh, I, I don't ever like people taking away from the match itself yeah. it was my least favorite thing in 2014 where crowds would chant for jbl mainly because one jbl was shit at commentary but two um there's a match happening in front of you like chant for the match but then i was like that's ah, our hometown as long as this doesn't go on too long and then they were way into the match itself chris jericho did a good job getting the heat back on himself by shoving aubrey i thought that was great stuff uh, Ricky Starks got an ultra clean win after it looked like he wasn't going to. They really baited us with uh, Ricky getting knocked out during the Walls of Jericho spot uh, by uh, Matt Menard. And for a moment there, I thought, you know, okay, maybe we do the rematch revolution. Nope, Ricky Starks just won. And then uh, he won with the spear, cleaned as a sheet after the match was over. Uh, then we saw the... Jericho Appreciation Society dump Ricky Starks out and Action Andretti tried to make the save. Wasn't able to. Uh, feud looks like it's going to continue with some type of stip. Then we had the tag titles on the line and we saw the acclaimed almost lose the tag titles. It was I loved I loved the swerve. I thought it was really good because they are smart enough to realize the criticism that Nobody wants to watch Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett anymore, much less with the tag titles around them. But they're still very good performers, yes. despite that. So I thought that was a fantastic swerve. I, I'm not gonna lie, I had the think piece ready. I was oh, like, nice. <laughs> I love it. Dude, it worked. I know. Just the image of them with the titles, and after everything Jarrett had said on his podcast about giving a receipt to uh, to Max Caster this week and all of that. And I thought, Andy won. Man, I'm mad about this. And then when Aubrey came in, my brain went, oh, Seattle moment. Yes. This is her chance to be a hero in Seattle. This is actually kind of cool. And the acclaimed did retain. And we've got a rematch. Notice qualification happening at Battle of the Belts this Friday. We also saw 
Brian Danielson make short work of Tony Nese. I told you guys last week. Remember when this match was announced and people were like, really, Brian versus Tony Nese? How can this be? And I just posted the picture of CM Punk versus QT Marshall. And <laughs> I said, remember when this match happened in front of the Chicago crowd? It was literally Dynamite's return to Chicago. CM Punk first time at Wintrust Arena. And they announced CM Punk versus QT Marshall. And people went, what? And I said, think about what the bigger story of that match was. The match didn't matter. It was more about this epic promo between CM Punk and MJF. And guess what we got here? MJF, Brian Danielson have a really, really long showdown uh, that got a whole lot of heat. Apparently, if you were in that Seattle arena in Climate Pledge Arena, you fucked MJF's mom. Um, that's... The way that it plays out, <laughs> I guess. The way that it played. That was, that was a little <laughs> lame for me, honestly. I was like, yeah, oh, I, okay. yeah, I know. I was like, oh, what is this? What, what is happening here, Brian? Yeah. And then he brought it back around, and uh, we got the announcement of possibly a an Iron Man match for Revolution. Holy shit. Here I was thinking, AEW pay-per-view on the West Coast. Man, we're getting out early. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe 4 a.m. How about that? Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm looking forward to that, though. Are you kidding me? I think this is a chance for MJF to really get the shine in there with Brian Danielson for an hour. Are you kidding me? Yes. That sounds amazing. AEW has not had an hour-long Iron Man match yet, so this also gets to be a first time for that. Uh, I think that's actually a really cool thing for both guys. That seems like right up Brian's alley. That seems like exactly what he's wanted to do in AEW. He's already wrestled an hour to do an Iron Man match at that is going to be great. And for MJF, again, this just sounds like the kind of thing he'll get to prove himself with. So that was really cool. Sort of took on AR Fox. Oh, go ahead, Sean. I'm just waiting for the news that Tony Khan buys WWE. That's all. Oh. Uh, let's see. I mean, man with beard says Vince is selling WWE, then buying NWA from Bill S. Pumpkins. I have asked WWE in official capacity if this does affect creative at all, because there is nothing in that or a press release that just dropped because they got to notify their shareholders that Vince is doing this. Um, mm -hmm. if it affects creative, there is no mention of creative that I've seen so far, but it's fingers, fingers fucking crossed there. But uh, we'll see. Yes. Uh, and yes, we talked about Swerve and AR Fox. They, I thought they killed it out there. Um, obviously generated a This Is Awesome chant. And Swerve got to have his moment in front of the Tacoma, Wash or in front of the Seattle crowd. He's from Tacoma. Uh, and that was a cool moment for him. Uh, Ass Boys did their FTRIP. That was clever. I tweeted yesterday that FTR's next entrance will be their first entrance since early October of 2021, where they do not have any gold. Okay. So, so uh, somebody says, WDB has an acceptable management team in place. I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. 
So that is important to note from the Vince thing. Sorry, I know that's off topic, but that's okay. So wait, that is is that an official Vince statement? Um, I believe so. I think it's from the press release. (laughs) Oh man! Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No chance. Oh shit, man! Oh yeah. This is something. Uh, All right, I will finish up with the. We saw the uh, women's tag match uh, that saw Sky Blue teaming with uh, Kiara Hogan. She took on Red, or those two took on Red Velvet and Jade Cargill. Of course, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet not on the same page. Red Velvet, of course, walked out on Jade Cargill, but Jade Cargill, being Jade Cargill, still made short work of Kiara Hogan. And the feud continues. I actually think, gut feeling, I think Red's going to be the one to break the streak. I think they're like powering Jade. I think so. I think they're powering Jade to 50. And uh, that's why she's got all these matches coming up. They just got her to 47 here. She's got a match on Friday. I think they're going to power her to 50 and then drop it. Oh, man. If it, that's another one. Like if it's not, if we don't get like a Sasha Mercedes Jade match, which could be not for the title as well. But if it's somebody, if it's the, like, I look at this as like Walter dropping the UK title, Roman dropping the world title. You, you don't do it until you know who it is and you've got a solid plan for them. None of that. They win it. And then they have a celebration the next week and they're not on sh- the show for four weeks. You know what I mean? Don't do that, which we'll talk about uh, another thing because now we talk about the main event. Main event had a lot of people talking, which is Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. I'm shocked people were surprised by this because I don't know why I was, but I was. I really was. Yeah. Man, you don't watch Day After Dynamite because I said four weeks ago on this show that when uh, Darby had the match with Samoa Joe, for the TNT title. And I looked at how hot, I think that was in Austin, Texas. But when I looked at how hot that Austin, Texas crowd was for Darby and how cold Wardlow's run-in was, I went, if I were Tony, I'd be looking at pivoting to Darby here because it's very clear that there's juice in that and there's juice in people still wanting to see him be TNT champion. And there doesn't seem to be in Wardlow right now. And so... Uh, last week, last week I thought there was a chance Wardlow can win. When he didn't and the beatdown was happening, I immediately went, oh, Darby's coming out. It's got to be Darby. And sure if Darby runs out, and I thought I looked at my watch went, huh, look, and they're in Seattle next week. I think Darby's taking the belt back. Like, all of that just kind of spelled itself out. Uh, and sure enough, Darby got his moment. He was the Seattle guy, and I think being a day one AEW guy, was the reason that they made sure that there was a true moment here. And Darby got to beat Samoa Joe. Um, wasn't exactly ultra clean. It, they had the the exposed turnbuckle used against Samoa Joe that allowed Darby to get the win. I'm okay with this. I thought Darby was my favorite TNT champion, to be honest. It all happened during the pandemic, and I hated that he never really got a run in front of the fans, that as far as he was concerned, all those great title defenses he had, Scorpio Sky, he had... Um, uh, Jungle Boy. Um, there were some great matches that took place in that run, and none of it got to take place in front of the fans. So to me, I thought yeah. if anybody 
should have gotten a chance at a redo. To me, it was Darby Allen, and he beat Joe. Yeah, I, I I don't know why I was surprised, especially considering it was the main event of this. I think maybe because I had been given some really, really good information that that Wardlow, not only was Wardlow supposed to win the title, that Hobbs is no longer slated to win the title because I had told was told that he was in line for a pretty significant push like that. And of course, as we know, plans change, but I don't know when the hell this plan was put in effect because it makes an awful lot of sense that this was the main event. That's how they go off the air. I thought that was really good, uh, especially with the pep talk that Sting gave to Darby mm-hmm. and all that. But uh, yeah, we got the confetti that I thought we were going to get last week. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I honestly, like I said, I thought that... That's it four weeks ago on this show. I was like, if I were Tony, I'd be pivoting to to Darby. Like, you can just hear the crowd reactions. And it feels like Darby being an original was somebody the fans still wanted. Uh, And so we're going to wrap this with talking about Caden says, two days till my 20th birthday, Dynamite and Wrestle Kingdom were great early presents. Currently trying to book a flight to San Jose to see the GOAT. Um, I mean, that's cool. I, I wouldn't necessarily fly anywhere to see a goat, but if you into farm animals like that, please go right ahead. No, I'm just kidding. If you, um, <laughs> if uh, uh, I, I absolutely would as well. That's somebody I would go out of my way to see. And if you can go, Caden, go see the goat. Uh, Ryan Ben says Rick Ross versus Hangman and FCC match hide the kids. Um, oh, didn't even talk about the Moxley and Hangman promo. They had a. Uh, a showdown that almost didn't go down because no one could hear it in the arena. Sounded great to the audience on TV, but no one in the building yeah. could hear it. Uh, um, but Well, n- yeah, nobody in the building could hear it. Then we couldn't hear it uh, uh-huh. after the second mic. What what a what a mess. Yeah. Blame Mike they, and Sturry, I think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they, it's fault. They, they brought it around very quickly. Yes, they did. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Faye says, didn't Tony say we would hear about the weekly ROH show and New Japan involvement after January 4th Dynamite? Um, I think he just said in January. I don't remember specifically when. Um, Eric Brady says, is it Monet like her tweets in profile and half the merch? Or is it Monet like the New Japan uh, graphics say? Of course, he's got the accent on the E different ways. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows because some are using an apostrophe. Her trademark uses an apostrophe. Uh, I think it is literally just a hold your E key down on your virtual keyboard and decide which one you want. Uh, How do and... I do it on the uh, on my regular keyboard? Uh, hold yeah. on. I just Google it and then copy and paste I'm it li- from I'm, Google. That's what I did. It is Alt-0232. Come on. Come on. Hold on. Alt-0232. That worked. Yeah. Uh, so. Why do we got to do this? My <laughs> God. Uh, Ricardo says, uh, between Wrestle Kingdom and AEW last night, we the fans won. Agreed. Redmond says, uh, did TK decide to change how Mercedes debuts because everyone predicted it? The Wrestle Kingdom debut went exactly as predicted, taking away some surprise factor. Uh, I don't know. I think, to me, the Sheeta and Tony plans had to have at least been in place at the end of Dynamite two weeks ago when Sheeta and Tony made the save. Or when Tony and Soraya made the save on Sheeta at the end. I feel like it had to have been in place then. Pro Wrestling Podcast says, that Mercedes girl looks a lot like Sasha Banks. I could see it. 
Ryan Sullivan says, I'm furious if I'm an investor in WWE. Vince is not needed for a sale and likely actively hurts one. Listen, if you are an active WWE investor, I mean, you're not in an uproar at this particular second. But um, right now, it looks like he's trying to force a sale. And right now, it looks like, keep in mind, he's a liar that he wants to keep the current management in place and just force a sale, which if you look at things and he wants to sell the company, well, I mean, that is his right to do that. But um, if you're a WWE investor right now, you just hope this doesn't affect rights fee negotiations where somebody says, uh, well, we're only giving you this money if you get rid of the company type of thing. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah. Uh, EVP says, uh, Britt clearly referencing Rick Ross. Monet is a CEO. Uh, let's see. Chi Town Spurs says, One regular day of pro wrestling is all I ask, will never happen. Oh, no, not to not these days. Uh, Eloquent says, Shocked MJF didn't roast the Seahawks or Sonics. He did actually before the show to get himself heat. This is kind of a new MJF thing of before dynamites now he's actually roasting the crowd beforehand to really get himself tv heat which is an old chris jericho tactic yeah chris jericho used to do that during commercial breaks during things along those lines chris would uh open die or i i remember specifically during a monday night raw i was at in denver um jericho the it goes to commercial break there was a little bit of cheering for jericho jericho goes huh what's that i hear that the denver broncos suck huh huh and kenneth farid sucks too <laughs> and he's like, yeah and he's like uh um so everybody chant with me bronco suck Bron- no 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 don't chant jericho sucks chant bronco suck and the crowd chants jericho suck and uh, they come back from commercial break, crowds chanting Jericho sucks. And JR's like, oh, look at this crowd all over Chris Jericho. It's a great old tactic of getting the crowd to to do what you need. But MJF absolutely did roast the Seahawks and the Sonics. Um, he had, They actually played the Super Bowl clip on the Tron uh, just to make sure that that was all hammered in and talked about losing the basketball team. Um, also TBS is saying it will go ahead with Dana White's slap league on January 18th. Woof. Woo. Oh no. Woof. No. What a stupid decision. Again, they will not let the Briscoes on their show. They will not let them on their network. My God. Caden says, never mind, this news ruined my birthday. Who You don't even have to birthday? know what news he's talking about. Uh, he is said it? in two days. Two days. Oh, in two days? That's not your birthday yet. You've got two whole days for us to ruin your life. Hey, one second. Sean, talk for me. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll read talking. some super chats and humper chats. Give me Sheeta Gun, Van Twinblade says. Well, hell yeah, is what I say. Broadway Joe says, just from reading the press release, Vince isn't coming back to resume any of his old roles uh, just to facilitate a sale. One of the biggest stories of all time dropped on a random Thursday. Well, it, it's not necessarily the biggest story yet. It could be. If if a sale does happen, that is a monster, monster story. I would imagine that the wheels do get in motion. If they want to sell, I would imagine this is the time to sell. 
Uh, this is, yeah, this is a big opportunity for a media company, I think, to swoop in and be like, all right, we're going to get this maybe a little bit cheaper than what we thought we were going to get it too, because Vince is rolling back in. Uh, but we'll see. Eloquent says, hear me out. Trinity Fatu takes the TBS title. That'd be cool. I'd be, I'd be in favor of that. A lot of people think she's headed back. She was not removed from the roster. She's Correct. still listed there. Um, and Sasha Banks' profile is gone. Uh, Anime Utaku says, Jade to 49, make a big deal out of 50. She loses, and they accidentally set off the green and gold confetti anyway. That would actually be a, a great moment. Um, I know there are certain AEW people who watch the show. Uh, that's one of those, like, steal that idea kind of things <laughs> where... Uh, they, I mean, I would have the confetti go off. I'd have a banner fall that says congratulations on 50, but she doesn't have the belt. That would actually be really great. Eloquent says, can't wait until Nick Wayne joins AEW. Broadway Joe, just reading. Oh, you just read that. Um, and let's see. Tatsu Mikey says, probably already been discussed, but what's the likelihood that Sheeta turns heel by attacking Tony and the replacement is Mercedes? All right. If I were booking this and giving my gut feeling, I'd say 100%. you'd have to do you'd have to do that on Rampage. I yeah. feel like if you want to still get the hype for Wednesday on Rampage, which there is a Renegade Twins versus um, Britt and Jamie match, Jamie yeah. match, I could very much Killer see. in the Pillar. Yep, they got a shirt now, Killer in the Pillar. I love it. Also, uh, listen, there is some very like mentally unstable part of me that wants that to happen and then on wednesday the big reveal and it goes mercedes and then an m martinez martinez (laughs) (laughs) oh my god burn the whole company down at that point uh mc scammer says the two best in the biz at work so gonna watch on demand but wanted to show some love thanks for what you do and i've bought all of the sponsored products and super happy well i don't think i would qualify for blue chew i mean you can stash them up what you you hate getting your penis hard you hate having good performance listen they're not sponsoring this show maybe they should maybe we should have done a read uh considering the, the high number of viewers that we have right now but i know I almost don't want to stop, but uh, CM says, hey, guys, haven't been able to catch up on the show yet. Has your percentage changed, Will? Ask me after Rampage, um, because right now, I my percentage right now is all based on, again, all of the pieces in place. Uh, if they don't actively move forward, then, then I, we'll see. But right now, I'm still feeling like... No, there are still signs pointing to it not being Tony. And uh, if we walk out of Rampage and it still is, I'll feel differently. Uh, let's see. Graham B says, Nyla Rose as Mercedes's heater. Um, hey, here's a question. So three weeks ago on AEW Dark Elevation, they had Vicky leave Nyla. Yeah, it went very under the radar. Very under the radar. Do you know anything as far as that's concerned? No, but I'll I'll ask. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty evident Nyla doesn't need anybody to talk for her anymore. No. Um, I don't know what Vicky's role, but she's been de-emphasized significantly over the last year. But 
I, I don't know about Nyla being a heater. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's back to that point. I mean, she just had her title program and all that stuff. So maybe you could emphasize her in that way. But I think there are some other options that you could do uh, with, with that. They, they've always looked for reasons to bring in Kayla Rossi. Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, maybe her or something like that. Maybe, maybe Mercedes Martinez could could be the heater as well. Like, that would make a lot, an awful lot of sense. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Izzy says, Vince looks like a kid. If I can't have it, you can't. Ryan Ben says, it's, it's Ham- literally the lethal dose of poison promo. <laughs> like, I bet that's, I bet he wrote that promo word for word in his letter to the board. <laughs> I'm going to kill it. Yeah. I'm going to kill my creation. Yeah. Uh, he says, Damar Hamlin is awake, according to some. Yes, that's a very good thing. Um, how was it there, by the way? Sorry, I zoned out. That's crazy. What was it? Well, Damar Hamlin, I was asking oh, you. What... I wasn't there. Fortunately, oh, I was smart. not okay. there. Um, I actually passed up tickets to that game because I thought it would be too cold in January in Cincinnati. It was 60 degrees. But great news right before we went on the air was that he woke up and communicated. Mm-hmm. And his first question was, did we win? Oh. <laughs> he said, did we win? And the doctor said, at the game of life, yes, you did. Yes. I like to imagine that he just wrote it back down. But what about the football game? <laughs> <laughs> and we're all just like, ah, about that. You got seven and a half million dollars for your foundation, though. This is fantastic news. Yeah, uh, I will say, like I go to a lot of Cincinnati sports stuff, and we're talking like October was the Tua injury, which is very scary. Right. That same, I think, same month was the Hangman injury, very scary. And now this also happening, like it's been along that river, man. It's it's been pretty rough lately. Unfortunately, a man did not lose his life on that night, and um, yeah, it's it just very very glad he's improving. Pro Wrestling Podcast says, Mercedes Benz. This AEW is brought to you by Mercedes Benz. The best or nothing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Basinomics says, Sean, uh, wait. What is your sweater? What is your favorite Pokemon? Love you. Uh, Timberland sweater. My favorite Pokemon is Meowth. I would stubbornly not evolve Meowth uh, just because I liked him so much. Team Rocket. I have to tell you, I've actually been, uh, so my son's been educating me on the world of Pokemon because Mm -hmm. I uh, was into the first 150, like most people my age. And then uh, after that, Pokemon was just never really my thing, right? So anyway, my son uh, got these chapter books that we've been reading, and I feel like a kid that is coming across words I can't pronounce. Um, and then I'm getting corrected by my son who's like, oh, that's this Pokemon. And then when, uh, so it's funny reading Pokemon chapter books because the dialogue of Pokemon is literally just their name. But if I don't read it in the correct tone, I get corrected by an eight year old. (laughs) Uh, and so did you watch Detective Pikachu? Yes. That was was, good. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, I think honestly, the last three years of video game movies between pokemon and the sonic movies great shit um meet normus says uh, happy new year the year of mob boss Sheeta. i think she turns tomorrow night beats the brakes off of tony to open the door for mercedes it's the thing we just talked about 
and Shot Kid Twenty Nine sent us two super chats or humper chats. Uh, this one is um, I like Dave, but my one criticism is he can sometimes speak like his opinion is fact. To me, the fact uh, Brian and Dave are uh, also split on Mercedes speaks volumes as well. And uh, Shot Kid Twenty Nine also says in this um, Vince legit went if i can't have it no one can yeah i I mean i could understand a man in his position being like i do want to participate in these rights fee deals but being like well i'm going to turn them all down if i'm not then no no sean ross sap the big draw look at this guy bringing the numbers to day after dynamite i love it you do pretty good on your own but i appreciate everybody showing up caden says no kenny winning the u.s title reference Weird. You're weird, Caden. Well, as I said at the end of Raw Post Show, in case you didn't see it, I'm going to repeat this again. So you might be thinking, man, love Sean Rossap, love Will Washington, but man, wouldn't it be great if Denise Salcedo was here? Well, folks, look, I said the same exact line, except I said, wouldn't it be great if Sean Rossap is here? All right. So again, going to bring this back around and then you're going to repeat the same read on monday but then you're going to say will washington that's how this goes but anyway if you're looking at the two of us and go wouldn't it be great if denise salcedo was here well you're in luck folks because next thursday 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific right here youtube.com slash fightful it is the first annual fightful awards presentation show we are going to be announcing the winners of all of the categories that you, the Fightful Select subscribers, assuming you're subscribed to Fightful Select, have voted on. We have our winners. We've got awards. We've got even some acceptance speeches. This is going to be a dope time. I'm going to be there. Sean's going to be there. Denise is going to be there. You're going to be there. Next I'm Thursday. I'm so excited. Yes. We're going to have some 12. acceptance speeches from some of the winners as well. I just said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But I'm very excited about it. <laughs> oh, and I didn't think we'd have them in time. But guess what? I do have ratings. Uh, the show did a uh, 864. Mm. Uh, that is right in line with last week, but still not, not great. Um, not number four on cable, 0.26 rating. Uh, somebody said that we missed their super chat. He says, well, how feel disrespected to Sheeta's fellow Sheeta fan? Oh, thank you, Zero Prime. There you go. Yeah, no. Are you kidding me? There's no disrespect to Sheeta. You're, you're late for ass grapsity, Will. What are it's you Sheeta doing? Sheeta gang all day here. That's right, folks. Jump on over and join us. Man, another one. Broadway Joe. Okay, I got to cut him off right here. All right. Uh, Sean, is there any possibility of WWE selling to, say, a Disney who puts the library on Disney Plus and stops the live events? Would Vince be willing to kill WWE? No, uh, because there's too much value in the live content. They would not do that. They would just buy it and say, hey, guys, keep running it exactly as you do, hands off, and uh, we will put this on whatever thing that we can i mean they got what espn espn2 abc they got a whole lot of stuff uh on disney so there'd be a home for it there's no need to do that plus they wouldn't sell just the library because there's a lot more money in selling what actively runs and it was just announced today by the way that fx who is owned by disney is getting into the live sports game they're going to be um 
broadcasting XFL games, and that uh, actually kind of speaks volumes, I think. But anyway, folks, <sighs> Sheeta joins Britt and Jamie from Nathan Davis. All right, I got to cut off Super Chats because I got to go. Uh, but I will still be talking right here in this microphone uh fightfulselect.com it's another edition of ask rhapsody if you've got the questions we've got maybe some answers come on over join us it's always a great time on ask rhapsody it's going to be myself righteous reg philip Lindsay, for sean ross sap i'm will washington we'll see you next time have a great day peace Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.